from PRX. This is Studio 360. I'm Kurt Anderson. In 2015, an autistic boy disrupted a performance on Broadway of The King and I. He was reacting loudly to a scene in which an actor playing a slave is whipped. He and his mother were asked to leave the theater. After the performance, one of the actors from the show posted a reaction to the incident on Facebook. He wrote, When did we as theater people, performers, and audience members become so concerned with our own experience that we lose compassion for others? Naturally, that Facebook post went viral. What's interesting and kind of ironic is that Broadway at the time was already working on incidents like that before that King and I episode took place, working to create ways for parents with autistic children to bring them to the theater with special autism-friendly performances. To see exactly how that works, we sent producer Jeff London to a recent performance of the Disney musical Frozen on Broadway. Two days before families even see the show, consultants from the Theater Development Fund, or TDF, meet with actors, ushers, and house managers to prepare them for a very special audience. One of the consultants is a college student named Harry Smolin. Hello, my name is Harry. I'm 20 years old and I have autism. I've been working with TDF since 2013. You might be wondering how I got the greatest job in the world. An autism therapist who's worked with me for 15 years recommended me because I love the theater and I know a lot about it, especially about Disney. Since my first Broadway show in 2006, which was Disney's Beauty and the Beast, I've seen 59 different Broadway shows, including Frozen. When I go to the theater, I like a seat on the aisle in case I need to make a speedy exit, not too close to the stage so that the orchestra will not sound too loud and stage fog will never get near me, not under or next to a speaker or an air conditioning vent, and not under the balcony overhang, which feels too close to me for me to be comfortable. And that's just the beginning. He tells the ushers how he feels uncomfortable if an actor comes into the audience, or if a show doesn't begin on time. One of the other consultants, Becky Uray, a certified behavior analyst, explains that an autism diagnosis is on a spectrum, and behaviors manifest themselves in different ways. You might see an individual who's rocking their body, moving around. Maybe someone's flapping their arms or shaking their hands or engaging in some sort of self-stimulatory behavior. This is a way that someone might make their body feel more comfortable in this environment. So it is perfectly welcomed. Welcoming audiences who aren't normally welcome in the theater is what TDF's autism-friendly performances are all about, says the nonprofit's executive director, Victoria Bailey. The program itself makes it possible for children on the spectrum to enjoy a performance at the theater, but what it's really doing is making it possible for the family to go. The focus of the program is that you go with your family. And what we realized is that for families with a a family member on the spectrum, they don't get to do what a lot of us get to do. They don't get to do this kind of outing that the rest of us may take for granted. TDF buys out an entire theater for a matinee to present these performances. They offer tickets at a discount and by now have a mailing list which has grown to 11,000 families. Thomas Schumacher, the president of Disney Theatrical, was the first Broadway producer to sign on. We're able to connect with an audience who feels that they weren't allowed to connect with it before. And this isn't about selling tickets to Disney shows. 
right? In fact, we charge way less. We have to pay people, but we certainly lose money doing one of these performances. But that's not the important part. It's not here to sell tickets. It's here to make this thing that we do and that we celebrate available. The show will resume very, very shortly. But first, I wanted to take this opportunity to remind you to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Studio360Show. And now, back to the podcast. Every aspect of presenting an autism-friendly performance is carefully thought out. Lisa Carling, the director of TDF's accessibility program, says first they scout out each show for potential problems. We have send consultants to take a look at the show, and they come up with suggestions. Which is where autistic college student Harry Smolin comes in. One of the things I have is with autism is hypersensitive hearing, which means I hear more volume than most people do, and I hear frequency that they don't. And when that happens, sound can be physically painful. Also, I react to strobe lights, kind of a jump kind of reaction. And so what we do when I react to those things is I put them in a set of notes that I send to TDF. Which TDF passes on to the production. In general, the sound is capped at 90 decibels, strobe lighting cues are changed, and says lead autism specialist Becca Uray. We also leave the house lights up throughout the show so that audience members can see their loved ones so that they can watch where they're going when they walk in and out and know that they don't have to stay inside. On performance day, the experience starts a full hour before curtain time. As families enter the theater, volunteers hand out little plastic snowflakes with a frozen logo emblazoned on them, giving fidgety kids something to play with. Guys, you know what would go so great with those costumes? A snowflake. Even the ticket takers are more welcoming than usual. As the performance nears, the theater is packed with families with autistic boys and girls and their neurotypical siblings. Some of them have been coming for years. We've done Lion King twice, we did Aladdin, we did Wicked. It's just so great. Carmen Mendez brought her daughter Addison to see Frozen. Addison was dressed as the character Elsa. Hello. Hi, Addison. How old are you? How old are you? I am 11. I'm 11. Who are you dressed as? Say, today I'm Elsa. Today I'm Elsa. Elsa. Do you know Frozen? Do you know the movie? Have you watched it? Say, say, sing Let It Go. You like Let It Go? Let It Go! It just takes away all the stress of taking her to a typical show where, you know, she might yell a little too loud or clap a little too loud or want to jump up and down and it may not be acceptable. Um, Here she can be herself. I don't have to worry about it. I'm with parents and families who understand what we're going through. So it just takes a lot of the pressure off. As the show goes on, volunteers in t-shirts line the sides of the auditorium to provide any support that may be necessary. College student Neil Dargy is one of them. In most places they may get either different reactions from people, different looks, things like that, that they may feel uncomfortable with. But here, as volunteers, we try to make them feel as comfortable as possible. We always say that all behaviors are okay, we're very welcoming. I think that's our biggest role here. Other volunteers are stationed in the lobby, like Nicole Beach, who has an older brother with Asperger's. This is our activity area. It's kind of a quiet, calming, etc. area. 
We have some books and toys. It's just kind of a spot if it gets too loud or overwhelming or people just want to kind of get their wiggles and fidgets out, just need some space. They can come out here and relax, read a book, hang out. You know, it's a little bit quieter, calmer if they need a little, little break from being inside. But most of the audience stays in the theater during the show, even if they aren't exactly silent. At intermission, Jelani Aladdin, the actor who plays Kristoff, the mountain man, could barely contain his enthusiasm. I don't even know what I really expected. You know, I knew it was going to be different in terms of, you know, there would be different lights, sound elements are going to be different. But I actually didn't equate to myself with the energy of what the space will feel like. It is electrifying in there. After the show, a family of four stood outside the theater taking pictures under the marquee. Parents Ron and Beth Cohen, with their daughters Julia, who's autistic and nonverbal, and Gabby, who's not on the spectrum and is extremely chatty. She loves Frozen. So do I. It was really fun. So was it fun as the whole family to be able to go to the theater together? Yes. Yeah, even though Julia fell asleep for a lot of Act 1. It was so fun. <laughs> though Frozen speaks to the love between two sisters, Harry Smolin says it also appeals to autistic audiences in particular. It sold out quicker than any other show we've done, and I think that speaks to how relevant it is to the autism community. I mean, in Elsa, you have a character who spent her entire childhood in isolation because of fear of what people would think of her, and they for a while are afraid of her, but they eventually learn to accept her for who she is. Don't let them in, don't let them see, be the good girl you always have to be, conceal, don't feel, don't let them know. That story was produced by Jeff London. To get more information on the Theater Development Fund's autism-friendly performances on Broadway, go to tdf.org autism. And one last thing before we go. If you like listening to this podcast as much as we like making it, let the world know by rating us on iTunes. Not to flatter us. It really helps other listeners discover Studio 360. Thanks.
Thanks for listening. And you can subscribe to Studio 360 at iTunes or Overcast or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. 